Whether you're a pro athlete, an exhausted parent, or you spend all day in an office chair, CBDMD wants to give you the support you need to make it through the day. CBD Freeze and Recovery are an outstanding duo of topical products with specialized formulas to provide targeted relief where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try Freeze, Recovery, and every other CBDMD product, you can take 25% off your next order when you use promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from cbdmd.com. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Stiles, founder of BricktownBuckets.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. You can email the show, LLThunderPod at gmail.com. You can call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, let's dive into where the Thunder fall amongst the national power rankings around the NBA media. Let's talk about what the Derrick Rose trade means for Oklahoma City. We're going to review your hot takes and rate them 1-5 to five on this hot take spice-o-meter, and we're going to preview tonight's game against Los Angeles Lakers. But we start with the power rankings, and if you're new, what we do here is just compile all the national power rankings and see where they have Oklahoma City compared to where we would have Oklahoma City. So you can start with the Athletic. The Athletic has them at 25, and that's about where most of them have them. NBA.com has them at 24, ESPN back at 25. CBS is routinely high on the Thunder uh, throughout these last few segments. I mean, at one time they are like, like 17 with Oklahoma City. They have them up to 22, and then the Ringer is at 26, and that's with Kevin O'Connor, who just released a brand-new power ranking earlier this week on Monday, which is just chock-full of great information about trade rumors and what teams are trying to do, you know, if they're trying to buy, if they're trying to sell, what teams are looking into. And Kevin O'Connor did a great job. And Kevin O'Connor points out how great the Thunder are at developing talent, which I thought was a big deal. And I think that it's it's cool that the Thunder are being noticed for what they are doing. And they're developing great players, you know, and they're doing great at developing those players. And they're being noticed on a big stage with the ringer.com and every other national site talking about the job that Mark Dagnott's done. But in that power ranking from Kevin O'Connor, he mentions it's a seller's market that, you know, there's not a lot of teams selling. So if you do want to sell, you you can really capitalize on this. And Keith Smith, front of the pod, said the same thing of Yahoo Sports. You know, and there's also this feeling that the Celtics are up to something, which is where Keith Smith gets in because he also covers the Celtics as well as working with Yahoo. I find it very interesting that, that it's a seller's market. And I think that it has to do with the play-in. I think that the play-in tournament is really making teams afraid to sell. I mean, we had on Ben Beacon of Locked on Wolves, and we talked about how even though the Wolves on Friday were the worst team in the NBA record-wise, there was still a pathway, and there still currently is a pathway, even as they lose to the Thunder and lose to the Mavericks yesterday. There's still a pathway for the 6-18 and 18 Wolves to turn this around once they get cat back and go to the postseason. Because you're no longer having to strive for 1 through 8. You can strive for 1 through 10. 
And for a team like Minnesota, even just getting to 11th and 12th and just missing out, that would ignite their fan base even more. And then that would do really good things for their brand and, and for the future of their organization that why would they sell? You know, they're probably not going to add anything, but they might not sell. And it's the same thing for a lot of these teams who have bad records right now. I mean, Washington, if they're not trading Bradley Beal, then why would they sell? Right. What's the point of getting even worse than you already are? Whenever even at six and 15, there's still a path for them to be a play in team. Whenever you have Russell Westbrook and you have Bradley Beal, in my opinion, Washington should be looking to add. I mean, if you're really going to believe Bradley Beal that he's not going to leave you and he doesn't want to leave Washington and you want to build around him, then build around him. Go get more help and, and, and try to make the postseason. What are you doing just sitting there twiddling your thumbs because you have a guy right here in Bradley Beal who is saying, I want to be a part of this organization. But it seems as though Washington just continues to push him further and further away because at every turn with every adversity, he's always been consistent in, I want to be a Washington Wizard. And at every turn, Washington has stayed pat and they've kept Scott Brooks and they've made bad trades and they haven't improved their roster at all. And they're just mixing and matching moving parts of John Wall and, and Russell Westbrook. That, that's not enough. It's proven to be not enough. You have to go do something. I want Washington to do something at the deadline and in this offseason to either tear it all down and trade everybody or build a team and compete and be a good team. It's just so pointless with the stage that Washington's in right now. There's just no point to it at all. I think that you could see Chicago start to sell off some of their peripheral pieces, but then you move on to Miami. In no way, even at 9-14, and 14, are they going to sell? They're, they're going to make the postseason, and we'll get to Miami in a little bit. But Cleveland, I mean, they're just a young team. They're going to try to trade Andre Drummond. You know, We'll see if they can pull off a trade with Drummond. You know, maybe Kevin Love. I'm not sure how they're going to feel about Kevin Love as they're five games under 500. Oklahoma City, another team that can go either way. I mean, I think that Oklahoma City is in a position to sell because of the assets they could get back, because of how much they can exploit the market on George Hill. You can go down the rest of the list. I mean, Dallas is not going to sell. You know, New Orleans is not going to sell. Memphis is not going to sell. Houston is a team that could sell. They're 11 and 12. They could trade Oladipo. We'll see what they do with Oladipo there and if they want to move forward with him. And, of course, Golden State's not going to sell. So, I mean, that's your losing teams right now. The rest of the teams are in the mix. I mean, the rest of the teams are firmly there. Now, you can monitor Sacramento, who's one game over 500 right now, but if they go on a long losing streak prior to the deadline, would they want to move on from Harrison Barnes, who's played really well this year? Would they want to move on from Marvin Bagley? Would they want to move on from some of those other guys? Buddy Heald. So I think that it's interesting, but all in all, the the perception of not a lot of teams selling, I think, is absolutely legit because we just went down the list of who isn't selling. And for the Thunder, they can really take advantage of this market. They can really take advantage of the fact that not a lot of teams are selling because not only do they have good players, but they have good players who are good playoff players. And that's a big deal because whenever you buy, you only really care about their playoff impact. And I think that when you look at the Derrick Rose trade, Derrick Rose was dealt this weekend back to New York from uh, Detroit. And he and the Pistons get back just for trading Derrick Rose, who has not been particularly great this year. They get back a second-round pick and Dennis Smith Jr., Look, again, Derrick Rose has not been that good this year. I mean, he's, he's not been otherworldly. He's not been someone who you desperately need. But he goes back to New York, and in return, Detroit gets a second-round pick that could turn into anything. I mean, look at how many players on this Thunder roster were second-round picks. I mean, it, it, now this is an anomaly. This is something that does not happen very often. This is not. This is the exception, not the rule. But the Thunder have cashed in on those second-round picks. 
And and I think that you're seeing the second round pick get more and more valuable. So they get a free second round pick to take a flyer on anyone they want to and kind of just reset that clock. And they also get a, get a Dennis Smith Jr. flyer who has first round talent, has first round upside, has not been able to crack the rotation in New York. And in Detroit, whenever he gets done with the G League bubble, if, he, if they're still going to send him there with Detroit, whenever he gets done with the G League bubble assignment that he wanted to go on, and, and it seems like by, by taking that assignment, by the way, it seems like he does want to get better and he does want to you know, improve his, his game and not just rest on the fact that he was a first-round pick. You know, Dennis Smith Jr. Can, can be a solid bench contributor. And if he's not, then so what? You gave up Derrick Rose to get him. You, you gave up Derrick Rose for a chance to find out that Dennis Smith Jr. is or is not a bench contributor. And he's still so young and he's still so athletic and there is a role for him. Why can't Dennis Smith Jr. be Hamadou Diallo? I mean, Diallo took so long to evolve into the role he's in now. And he didn't have the expectation of a first-round pick. He didn't have the pressure of being a first-round pick. He, he didn't have all of that. The, the progression is not going to be linear. It's not going to be something that happens overnight. And for Dennis Smith Jr., it could happen in Detroit. And if it doesn't, again, you've got him for nothing. So I think that the Thunder can really take advantage here if they do want to trade George Hill. If they do want to trade George Hill, he's a bona fide playoff player that can help you in the postseason, help you win a championship. And... If Derrick Rose gets you a flyer prospect and a second-round pick, then George Hill should at least get you a couple second-round picks and a better flyer prospect than Dennis Smith Jr. I love what the Derrick Rose trade signifies for Oklahoma City, in my opinion. Could teams get desperate and trade for even more pieces? You know, Al Horford would be in the mix for, like, a Boston, but I just find it so hard to match salaries. You know, if you could just up and move Al Horford, the player, back to Boston— he would fit that team so well, and he would make that team a championship-level team. But it's just the salaries. I don't know how that's going to work in an in-season trade. So I'm still kind of skeptical on if Al Horford can get moved in-season. But even Darius Miller, I mean, I'm not kidding you. These last couple of weeks here before the deadline are big for Darius Miller because he can get you a second-round pick just to be a good playoff player in a spurt of 12 minutes, space to floor, shoot some threes, and help a stagnant offense and help a stagnant second unit in the postseason. I think that Darius Miller, his, his value is still not dried up yet. So if the Thunder want to take advantage of this selling market, they can absolutely do it. They have three guys in Al Horford, George Hill, and Darius Miller who are great playoff players. And, and they all have different roles in the postseason, but they all perform a very valuable role to a championship contending team. And Darius Miller does it on $7 million, and, and he can really help you off the bench whenever you get into those spots where your offense is stagnant. So I think that the Thunder have an interesting decision to make here coming up. And, and remember, even as the Thunder play a very exciting brand of basketball, and we love watching this Thunder team, and even as all of that's going down, right, even as you're seeing a pathway for the play-in game, last year, the Thunder still traded Gallinari. Now, Miami did not agree to an extension with Gallinari, so the trade fell through, but they were going to trade Gallinari. I mean, like, it's not unheard of to think that this Thunder team could sell George Hill, could sell somebody else on this roster. Now, I think that those are the only three guys that, that could get moved. I don't really see them trading Mike Muscala. You know, he's another name that has, can get thrown up in there, you know, get thrown in, around in trade conversations. I don't really know if Muscala will get uh, involved in trades, you know, in trade talks and in trade conversations. Maybe he will. We'll see you on that front. But, you know, it's really Muscala, Miller, Hill, Horford. And again, Horford's really hard, too, because of that contract. So we'll, we'll see what Sam Presti elects to do. Coming up, we're going to take a look at your hot takes and grade them on a scale of 1 to 5. But this episode is brought to you by 1010. 
Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times, in Style Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it right now. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, the 10 design masters have each produced a unique, beautiful commitment ring. They're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com, and when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively and sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to make that special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited-time collection of diamond engagement rings is available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. When this podcast is over, go check out Locked On Today. Get more of the sport news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Speed Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with the sport news that matters most. You need it in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast from. I want to talk now about your hot takes. You sent them in on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. I'm going to grade them one to five. So let's go right now and take your takes to the Spiceometer. So damn hot. Milk was a bad choice. Oh my god! Uh, oh my god! Fire! Oh fire! Oh my goodness! I said, oh Lord Jesus, it's a fire. This take. Is on fire. And so we join us now at the hot take o meter. We've got from Twitter at Real K Chin. They say that the Nets would be better with George Hill and Al Horford instead of Kyrie. So it'd be KD. It'd be James Harden. It'd be George Hill and Al Horford instead of the big three. This is a five on the spice o meter. I think that you know, we're kind of getting out of hand with the net slander a little bit. I understand it's a lot of fun. I understand that there are three polarizing players, but in the postseason, they're just going to try to do it a different way. And just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong. Now, I don't think that these three guys will have the problem that most offenses have. Most offenses can look great in the regular season, but then they get bogged down in the in the slower, methodical, half-court type game you play in the postseason. I don't think that James Harden, I don't think that Kyrie, I don't think that KD will have trouble creating offense. Now, I think that the only issue with this is not even the defense. The issue would be, can teams push each series to six games, seven games, Right. And I think that the Nets won't get beat by one team alone. I think that the Nets will get beat by a group of teams. So what I mean by that is like if the Nets and Raptors match up around one and the Raptors take them to six and then the Raptors lose. And then you move on to the Nets and you know, say Pacers or whatever. And the Pacers take them to seven games and the Nets still win. The Nets go on to the Sixers. And by this time, the Nets who have no depth and have had to play KD, Kyrie, Harden, on the floor, the entire postseason. They've gone deep in the in the rounds the entire postseason. They could be worn down by the time they get to Philadelphia or by the time that they get to the NBA Finals. With that being said, George Hill and Al Horford do not change that. You know that's that's going to add a body, but still, that's that's your starters. Well, past your starters of a potential KD, James Harden, George Hill, Al Horford, and just throw in Jeff Green. Besides that five, what else do you have? Besides Joe Harris, I mean, you're kind of in the same spot you are right now. You just took away one of the creators on your team, and creating is what you desperately need to have 
in the postseason. I think that it's an interesting thought. I, I just would rather have Kyrie, Katie, and James Harden. I know that there's a lot of fear about how you know defense is going to win the postseason and you got to play better defense in the postseason. I get all that. I mean, they're just trying to do it a different way. And so it, it might work, it might not, but I'd rather have the chance at doing it a different way with that big three than to have George Hill and Al Horford on the Nets right now and without Kyrie. And then the next one from Twitter comes from at Lewis M. Green. His take is that at the end of the season, you know, towards this last part of the season, the biggest conversation around Thunder Twitter, Thunder Media, Thunder everything will be about Hamadou Diallo. It'll be about to, ex- to extend him or not and what price tag to give him in those extensions. I think that it's interesting. I think that, th- that this is probably a three right now on the hot takeometer. I-, I don't know if Diallo will warrant that conversation because I don't know if even if he plays this way the entire season, he's playing right now, which I called him the MIP on yesterday's show. And, and you know, you can throw out there Jamie Grant and SGA and uh, you know, Christian Wood. Those guys are going to be well above Hamadou Diallo in the voting category. Uh, but but MIP to me could be looked at more of a uh, unexpected jump. I mean, with SGA, we expected him to continue to grow. He's a lottery pick. Christian Wood, there was expectation for him to continue to grow. Uh, and then I think that Jeremy Grant has a heck of a, a heck of a campaign for MIP because so many people doubted him and doubted his move to go to Detroit. And then he shows up and he's just electric in Detroit. So I think that Jeremy Grant would have my vote today. But Diallo is right in that mix. I think. I think that Diallo is this version of of uh, Devontae Graham, where Devontae Graham was in the conversation for Most Improved Player last year. He didn't win it, but he was right there. With Diallo, I think that even while playing at this level. His price tag will never get so out of control that it will be even a question to match it or to pay him or anything. So I don't know if it will be hotly debated. I think that everyone can agree even to this, like right now, that you'd want to re-sign Diallo at the end of the year, and he's a restricted free agent, so that makes it a lot easier. I still just do not see his payday getting so humongous that it becomes a, a question or a fear about paying Diallo. So I'll give that a three. I see where you're going. I think it'll be talked about. I think it'll be asked about of, you know, hey, how much should they pay Diallo? How much is his ballpark going to be? But inside that ballpark will never be a number that the Thunder should not match because no one's going to give him a max contract or anything like that. No one's going to give him a crazy amount of money. So the Thunder should always be in position to match a Diallo contract. That's why I back off of it'll be a hotly debated topic. The next one from Twitter comes from Atland Pirate. And this is a doozy, folks. This is a real doozy. He says, don't hate me, but I wouldn't mind if Oklahoma City traded Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Lou Dort for the first overall pick this year, as long as they have to keep their own 2020 pick. Listen, if you trade SGA and Dort, you don't need to trade any of their draft picks. I love Cade Cunningham. I love what he can bring to the NBA. I think he's a elite-level prospect that we have not seen in a couple years. I love Cade Cunningham. It's not worth giving up the, the known quantity of SGA and Lou Dort. This is a burning hot five out of five. This is actually a 1,000 out of five on the hot take meter This is crazy to me. Now, the idea here is that you trade for number one overall pick. You keep your, say, third pick or whatever. You end up with the lottery. And in, in this dream world, you'd have Cade, Kaminga, and then you'd be bad. So then you'd go draft uh, Monty Bates later on in his draft. I think that... You know, this is kind of crazy to me because I think that we're seeing Shea become a star, not just an all-star, but a star right now, and you don't give that up. You just try to add to it. 
And if you add to it by winning the lottery, that's fantastic. And if you add to it by trading your future assets for the first overall pick, that's great too. I don't know if they'll be able to pull that off because Kate is so transcendent and, and Kate is so good. He's not going to be available on the trade market, you know, come draft night. But I would never give up Shea at this point. I think that Shea is off the table in any trade for any player. I really do. Coming up, we still have some more hot takes to get to, and we're going to preview tonight's Lakers game. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updates, odds, and prop bets on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered with all the news, uh, scores, and odds, and the best way to place your bet for free is to sign up today. Head on over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. You're going to get a 50% bonus deposit on your first deposit at betonline.ag whenever you use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get that reward right there at betonline.ag. We are back on Locked on Thunder. I want to let you know to go on over to Chad Ford's Big Board when the show is over. March Madness is just a few weeks away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board prospect guru. Chad Ford has the first Big Board of the year out right now with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get your podcast from. It's amazing to have a draft guru like Chad Ford on the network. So check that out. Uh, if you're somebody who loves Cade Cunningham and loves the draft, it's a great show and he's a great job. Now, continuing on with the Spice-O-Meter. As we continue on here, our next one comes on Twitter from at Medicine Clam. I'll regret this once they eventually turn it around, but the Miami Heat bubble magic is gone. This is who the Miami Heat are. It depends what you mean by this. If you mean that they are a lottery team and that they are a 9-14 and 14 team, it is a four out of five on the hot take meter If you mean that you agree with the fact that they are going to turn this around and that they're going to finish you know, four through six and be an at-best second-round team, if that's what you're going with this, as in this is who they are, they're going to be a middling, you know, middle seed in the postseason and not have an NBA Finals run in them, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I do not think that they're this bad. I also do not think that they're as good as they were last year because this has been who they've been in the regular season. They're not going to have another magical playoff run. They've been consistent in a decent middle seed. Now, they've not been this bad because they've dealt with some injuries and things like that, but they're going to be a middle seed, and they're going to be exactly where they were last year prior to the stoppage and prior to the bubble. The bubble really fit what they wanted to do, and maybe maybe the playoffs and that environment and that sort of slow pace fits what they want to do. So we'll see if they can pull this off another magical run. I just don't think that they can do it. So I agree if you mean that they're going to be a middle seed. I don't agree if you mean that they're going to be a lottery team like in the mid-lottery. I don't think that this is the kind of team that they are. The last one comes from at Halsey30. Jonathan Kaminga should be the number two prospect on the, on the draft board behind Cade Cunningham with Jalen Suggs and then Evan Mobley behind him. So if you didn't know that the Ignite team starts their season today, at 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN2. You're going to get to see Jonathan Kaminga. You're going to get to see Jalen Green. You're going to get to see Deshaun Nix. You're going to see them all. And I, I cannot wait to watch 
this team. We've been talking to him for so long in the media with the G League Ignite training camps and things like that with the media availabilities. I just want to see him play in a real game. I've watched their scrimmages. I've watched their practices, and I want to watch their actual game. This take to me is a three on the spy show meter. And for me, it's a three because I so heavily value Jalen Green. My big board right now, roughly, and we'll do an entire huge big board podcast pretty soon. My big board right now, roughly, is Cade, number one with a bullet, and then Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, and then Jalen Suggs, and then Evan Mobley. And I'm really high on Cade Cunningham. I'm really high on Jalen Green. I'm really high on Jonathan Kaminga. And then it tampers off there for how high I am on those other players. I still think that Suggs can be really good. I think that there's a path for Mobley to be good. But I am like all in on Green, Kaminga, and, and Cunningham. So I don't think that this is a crazy hot take. I just personally like Jalen Green a lot more. That's just kind of where we differ there a little bit. But I, I don't think that this is crazy. I think that, that that Kaminga deserves to be up in that upper echelon. I think he's far and away better than Mobley, in my opinion. So I, I agree with you there. That's not that hot a take. So you can always submit your hot takes on Twitter, on the email account, on the uh, voicemail line. Anywhere you want to submit your hot takes for, we'll have them for the next Spice-O-Meter. But right now, let's quickly preview the Lakers game. Now, I'm recording this early afternoon on Tuesday, so the injury report is not yet out for either team because, you know, it's it's an off day for them. So you'll see the injury report on my Twitter account at Ryland underscore Styles later on today. But my big question for this game is who's going to step up for the Thunder? And I say that in the sense of, praise because every game someone stepped up it just it's unbelievable I mean no matter the adversity no matter the the roster construction no matter who's available who's not available everyone every game finds a way to make a difference in this last game it was Justin Jackson it was Justin Jackson who poured in 14 points and did so on 50% shooting from beyond the arc and 60% shooting from the floor an efficient night whenever Everyone makes fun of him for not being efficient. He was very efficient on Monday. He was the difference maker off that bench, a nice microwave player. Him and Wesley Matthews went back and forth for a stretch of that fourth quarter. I mean, I I cannot wait to see. It's something that I I look forward to every game day. Okay, who's going to be the surprise guy tonight? Is it going to be Kenny Hustle again? Is it going to be Justin Jackson? Will it be a Darius Miller game? What kind of game will it be? Who's going to make that that jump and, and overperform their norm, overperform their averages. I, I can't wait to watch that every single night. And then if AD plays, the Thunder will probably still be lacking their big man depth. So how how can they counteract that? Is there even a way to counteract AD in this game, even if they're fully healthy? I mean, AD is just that kind of talent. So, so seeing if AD plays will be big, but we'll see who all is available and, and who all is still sidelined in this game for each side. Again, you can find that information out on my Twitter account whenever you're listening to this podcast at Ryland underscore styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. We'll be back tomorrow to recap the Lakers game. For the Moneyball pick in that Lakers contest, I am going to go with SGA to lead the team in three-pointers made. There's no line yet from our good friends over at betonline.ag, so I'll tweet out my pick for the game right before the game tips off. You can also send me in your Moneyball picks of the game, and you can also send me in your bet of the game on Twitter or the email or the voicemail line, and we'll keep track of it all year long and see if you can beat me in these competitions. So we'll see you tomorrow on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, a daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from, and be good, and be good to one another.